Hello. And welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. My name's Helen. And my name is Alex. And today we're talking about a crisis of confidence. Boo. We thought it was time for us to pick up on, I think, something that actually happens to all musicians across the course of their careers. The crisis of confidence is... Oh, nobody wants it, nobody likes having it, but it's something that we all kind of have to go through, whether that be just before an audition, you've you've warmed up, but you feel like things aren't working right and you're, you're worried that you're not going to be able to give your best, or whether it potentially is a slightly more longer-term crisis of confidence where you're, you're not feeling quite convinced in what you're doing and what you're delivering and what you're offering. We wanted to talk about it today and give you some of our thoughts, some of our advice and some handy hints and tips as to how you might handle crises of confidence. We're going to start today by talking about crisis of confidence in the moment and some techniques as to how you might be able to help yourself when you're just about to go on stage and how you might be able to still give your best even if you are feeling a little bit less sure of yourself than perhaps you want to. And then after that, we'll talk a bit more about the longer term crisis of confidence. We'll talk about trying to think in baby steps. Perhaps don't expect too much of yourself too soon. We'll talk about going with what you know, sticking with your technique, sticking with the things that you've been taught and that you've learned. We'll recommend talking to your people. We've suggested this before, but we often think it's a good idea for each artist to have a a team, if you will, of five or six people around them that they feel kind of know them best, know them both uh, as a person, but also as an artist and that can advise them in perhaps what is a time of potential uncertainty. And then finally, also just remembering that any crisis of confidence, be it short term or long term, it won't last forever. Like any feeling, one minute you might be feeling great, the next minute perhaps you're not feeling so good. But Feelings constantly change, they don't last. And we just want to reassure you that if, if you are having a crisis of confidence, perhaps at this moment, it isn't going to be forever. Okay, without further ado, we're going to head straight in and talk about the short-term crisis of confidence. Alex, any experiences of a short-term crisis of confidence that you want to share with the oh, group? Oh, so many. So let's set the <laughs> scenario first. It's the biggest audition of your life. Your, your whole, I don't know, 18 years so far of your career in singing has been building up to this very moment. If you mess up this audition, life over. No more. You, you, uh, you know, you may as well just, I don't know, throw yourself into the gutter afterwards. Don't even make it home. There's no point. This is the sort of <laughs> mindset that we don't necessarily want, I believe. Is that correct, Helen? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Definitely um, avoid that. Yes, please. I think, yeah, the, the more pressure we put on ourselves, which we inevitably do, the more, you know, in the moment crisis you have. Because it's like, yeah. oh my God, there's so much pressure on this moment. Yes, the sort of in the moment crises, plural, mm. of confidence that I have had <laughs> have been because of that. They've been totally my own making. Yeah. Because yeah, I put sure. so much pressure on those moments rather than seeing the bigger picture and the bigger context. Yeah, my, uh, my first tip, I suppose, uh, something that I've learned to do is just take a moment to notice this is... I suppose this is essentially mindfulness, isn't it? Where you're, you're not judging what you're feeling 
uh, both physically and mentally on thoughts going through your mind, but you're just making a little note of them and seeing them and going, oh, hello, you're there, and just letting it pass. Uh, or And, you know, just just thinking, okay, it's there. If I want to do something about it, what could I do about it? If it's overwhelming me, let's just, let's just notice the next thing instead. Um, so, for example, you know, I don't know, you have a really dry throat or something before going on stage and you keep like... <coughs> constantly clearing your throat <laughs> rather than stressing about it and be like oh my god my throat's so dry I need some water it's like okay I'm noticing that it's very clearly a symptom of anxiety uh, just yeah. like my sweaty sweaty palms uh, <laughs> and rather than letting that take over my mind and all I can think about now is oh my god I, I'll need to clear my throat while singing my top C let's just move on try and notice something else notice a good feeling maybe that I have like oh this I feel feel quite excited to sing this aria it's my favorite yeah. of all the handle arias that I sing all the many many ones <laughs> uh, yeah just try and not distract yourself because I think that that's like putting a like a fire cover on something but mm. just just moving a moving away from it not letting things consume you I don't know if any of that makes sense oh no no it absolutely does something that I try and do, but, you know, don't always succeed is like, say your example though of a dry throat. It's not ideal. It's literally a singer's worst nightmare. But yeah, it is something that comes with nerves and adrenaline. So, you know, we, we kind of face it every time we stand up to perform. But if there's any way of you trying to turn it into a positive sensation, i.e. can you therefore see, okay, I'm nervous, but it also means like I have adrenaline. I'm getting myself geared up to like go and deliver a performance. And yes, there is nervous energy in there, but there's also adrenaline. And actually, I spent quite a long period of time trying to find uh, relaxation every time I sang. And uh, to the point that I almost felt like a corpse. You know, <laughs> I was I was trying almost not to feel or think about what I was doing. Because I was like, stay relaxed, stay relaxed. You have to stay relaxed. And, um, you know, I was I was in a lesson and someone was kind of like, you know, you must feel adrenaline when you perform you must feel that sense of you know you're about to do something big here you're about to deliver something that needs your full energy your full focus and your full concentration and therefore nerves and adrenaline are to be expected so I think if there's a way of reframing how you see those things because as you say it's it's totally right to notice them and be aware of them and if, yeah, if there's a way of kind of reframing your mental attitude towards them, I, I don't think that's a, a bad mm, thing mm -hmm. at all. I think that's very good. From my end, I've had crises of confidence for all kinds of reasons. I've chosen music that's too hard and I've turned up and I, I, I don't know it well enough and I, I'm not good enough to sing the things I've chosen, but I picked them because they were my favorites, but that was a grave mistake. And I've had a lot of crises of confidence as a result of my injury. Just, you know, there's uh, always kind of in the back of your head a, a worry that it's it's all gonna kind of fall out the bottom and, and not work and things aren't gonna sound how you want them to sound. And yeah, you know, that kind of encourages all kinds of internal crises within you. So in terms of, hints and tips and things that I've used in the past in order to deal with the immediate crises of confidence. One of the first things I used to use was uh, a technique of zooming in and out. It was a technique I would use just before I went on the stage. Um, kind of as you were referring to there, Alex, like 
say you're starting to get a dry throat just before you get on stage, for me, that would trigger like a flurry of uh, anxious thoughts, mm-hmm. i.e. like, oh my goodness, my throat's dry. Oh my goodness, this is therefore going to be the worst performance of my life. Oh my goodness, this was a terrible idea to agree to do this. Like, everybody's going to think I'm really awful. This is going to be really embarrassing. It's I, true. I think I should just, yeah, exactly. I've got to sack it off, sack it off right now. Um, and obviously, really, you need to get your head back to a place of focus. And so this technique of zooming in and out would be, you would start off by looking and noticing something external. So for me right now, I could look in front of me and be like, there's a white wall. And then I would need to focus and pinpoint something internal, i.e. I can feel my watch on my left wrist. And then I'd open my eyes again and I'd need to look at something external, like uh, the courgettes are in the bowl. <laughs> cute um and then you go internal again and yeah I don't know I can feel my t-shirt against my shoulder something like that and the idea is that you're trying to pick up the speed with, with which you are going inside and outside of yourself and it's actually an activity that requires quite a lot of your mental focus and so if you kind of commit to it and keep running through it you know external internal external internal you quieten those incredibly anxious and stressful thoughts and it just allows you to kind of return to a place of greater focus now Mm -hmm. i'm not sitting here saying you're just going to feel amazing uh, after you've done this exercise that's not really what we're doing here it's more ways of bringing you down off the cliff point yeah Mm -hmm. ways of getting Mm -hmm. you off from that real extreme crisis of confidence back to a place where fingers crossed you can actually give a performance that's a good account of yourself yeah, you can harness the adrenaline rather than letting it overwhelm you, I think. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, for me, one of the best concerts I've ever been to uh, was one in which the performer uh, stopped after two minutes, put their hand up and was like, I just need a moment, uh, turned around, started again. It was amazing because by doing that, during, during those two minutes, everyone watching could feel something wasn't right. The singer really didn't look comfortable at all. There was obviously a billion thoughts going through her head uh, and she just wasn't in the moment at all. And everyone felt quite on edge. Uh, And then taking, you know, stopping and just letting everyone breathe, the audience included, meant that all of us relaxed with her. And it was fabulous from then on, obviously, because she'd just taken the moment, realised something was off, turned around, collected her thoughts, you know, it wouldn't, it didn't take long. It was a matter of, I don't know, 30 seconds. And, you know, we didn't mind watching, but probably for her, she was like, oh my God, this feels like hours that I haven't done Mm. anything. But she trusted that the right thing for her to do was to just take this moment for herself, clear her mind, probably with some noticing trick like your one or whatever, Mm. um, and, and then delivered the most fabulous program. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, and, you know, I wish maybe one day uh, if I have a bad start to an audition, I, I hope that I will have the confidence to to put my hand up and stop uh, and just start again. Because I think like that's beneficial for everyone. No, if you're on the panel, no one, they don't want to, to sit through you struggling away at something. You know, they're not there for that. I think if you're able to know how to use that kind of, break period I think it is such a useful thing because 
we I think we all have moments where we potentially start a piece and it's not how we were hoping it would go. And to have the confidence, I mean, we were literally just talking about this in a previous episode about auditions, to have the confidence to turn around and say, I'm really sorry, Can I, I'm just going to start that again. And it, it doesn't matter because if you're then able to gather yourself in the 30 seconds it takes and be like, okay, these are the things I want to do and this is how I'm going to do them and then deliver that programme, I think you really... You offer yourself, again, another opportunity to show yourself in a much, much better way, in mm, a much, mm-hmm. much better light. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm going to offer some more of my, like, more bizarre mental techniques uh, because I literally have thousands. <laughs> I have so, so many. She's a witch. Um, yeah, I am. I'm literally trying to do anything to help me calm down <laughs> at any given time. Um, one for me that, again, really helped at the start of my master's in London, because I think I'd gone from a period where I wasn't performing to that many people to kind of having to do a lot more week on week on week. And I wanted, I, I found myself not giving as good a performance as I knew I could give because these nerves were getting the better of me. And so... Uh, you know, I would kind of sit preparing to perform and I would have these crises of confidence. I would be really worried that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't talented enough, that I wasn't musical enough, whatever. And um, I read uh, some advice that suggested if, you know, if you are having these crises of confidence, sometimes it can be quite helpful to try and embody the kind of performance qualities of an artist that you admire. So for me, you know, another mezzo that I have great, great admiration for is uh, Jamie Barton. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about her before, but like when we saw her ages ago in that Wigmore Hall recital, she just exuded joy. She was so thrilled to be there, to deliver the music to you, to be part of the experience. And that was something I always found so delightful about watching her. And, you know, not, not even in person, even when I'm just watching her through a stream i i still get that palpable sense of joy and enjoyment because she wants to tell you this story and so i had um a number of experiences where i was feeling a bit unsure of myself and i would be like what would jamie barton do (laughs) what would jamie barton do and it helped and i wouldn't say embodying the characteristics of another person for a recital it is something I would recommend on a regular basis however I do think if you are in the moment having quite a big crisis of confidence and not feeling like you're able to deliver trying to take on some of the character traits of performers that you really respect and admire can help you it can just kind of help you get out of your own head a little bit and into the body of somebody else and I just think for me, I had a couple of occasions doing that where I actually gave some good performances and it gave me, as me, Helen Daniels, the performer, a bit more confidence. And that was was really, really helpful then mm. going forward. I really like that. Um, yeah, another one for me, I suppose it kind of it's kind of similar to the noticing uh, thing that I said before is you can often feel very out of control of the feelings and thoughts going through your body. But more often than not, you actually can control some of them uh, Mm -hmm. just by, I don't know, doing something physical, you know, even shaking your arms or something to stop the, I don't know, quivering. Just Mm -hmm. get some movement going, get some blood flowing. Don't, 
you know, don't get don't get stuck in a rut, even if you're on stage and you're singing. So, you know, post the before shakes or whatever. Sometimes I felt quite stuck. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, the classic is the baritone claw, you know. Uh, and, you know, often often that's, uh, that's an involuntary thing and the singer doesn't realize it. But sometimes you kind of like, you can spot the singer noticing that, which is quite funny. Um, and it's interesting, like, what does the singer do when once they spot that? Do they panic and, like, tense the rest of their body? Or do they do they sort of just take a moment, obviously probably not while they're singing, just in a, in a rest or something, just to, just to relax, you know, shake it, whatever they need yeah. to do. Take a step forward. I don't know, do a massive gesture with their arms. It doesn't really matter what... But by doing that, they're sort of, you know, they see it. They see a, not a problem, not an issue, because it's not. It's just a little claw going on. But, you know, they're noticing it and they're, and they're dealing with it rather than letting it overwhelm them. You know, all of these little things that seem massive in our head are actually pretty unnoticeable to everyone else, aren't they? Yeah, I think something my teacher used to say all the time was like, it's your voice. And you are in complete control of it. Now, 99% of the time, I don't know what I'm doing with my voice. And I don't know how to control it. (laughs) I'm a singer. But I know she's right. And, um, you know, she was like, oh, if you feel like you aren't getting, like, the right resonance or the right access to your high notes, what can you do about that? And it is, like you say, if there are things that are giving you these little moments of crises, what are the things you can do to solve them? Mm. And... Obviously, it takes practice to become able to pick up on these things and and know what to do in order to, to solve them, if you will. But with time, with practice, you start to learn like, oh, okay, I'm not getting this resonance here. Oh, it's because my soft palate isn't lifted enough. Okay, well, this is what I'll do. And um, yeah, as you learn those things, you're then able to take greater control actually in the performance. So even if you are feeling underconfident and anxious you are still able to actually control far far more of the quality of the performance Mm -hmm. and also um you know it's your voice as you said so you know if you're like oh that's you know I got it better in my practice like I could have more resonance there it's like well they don't know that people listening they could just be like oh I'm really enjoying the show that you're putting on for me I didn't know that you know yesterday you did it a billion times better a hundred percent and like You'll never, in an audition situation, I mean, we do seem to be talking predominantly about auditions, but also, you know, even in a big kind of concert performance, you probably will never give as good as you gave in the rehearsal because Mm. adrenaline and nerves kind of get in the way. And sometimes they can make things actually better, but often they can make things not as good as they were the day before. But, But that's okay, and that's not really... The audience's problem. The audience just wants to be swept up in the in the story and the narrative that you're that you're really trying to tell. I think that's a nice little selection of tips that we've given there for the uh, crisis of confidence in the moment. We've talked about the zooming in and out. We've talked about embodying characteristics of performers that you admire. We've talked about noticing, both in the sense of before you go on stage, but also when you're on stage and performing. So. We hope some of those tips are useful for you guys if you're having that kind of panic moment just before you get on stage. Um, it is really worth remembering that there are things you can do to deal with that sense of panic. Um, I think often we feel that it's just so overwhelming, it's running away with us. But actually, 
there are techniques and there are tools you can use. So mm -hmm. we hope that you find some of those useful. This is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Once again, this is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. And now we're going to move on to the more long-term <laughs> crisis. The funner, <laughs> yeah. My entire life has been a crisis of confidence. <laughs> oh, baby. A joke. That was a joke. Ha <laughs> oh, God, funny. <laughs> yeah, to start off with, I think a long-term crisis of confidence is quite a tricky thing. And when I say long-term, I mean, we could be talking about any kind of expanse of time from two days to two months. But they happen to everyone. I, I don't know anybody that hasn't had one. And I think, first of all, or certainly from my experiences, if you're in the middle of a long-term crisis of confidence, my like first go-to point is baby steps. You cannot expect yourself to be delivering your highest quality of music making when inside your head you're questioning anything and everything mm -hmm. about yourself. So try, if you can, to maybe alter your goals because perhaps you had in mind that you were going to know this aria by this point for this performance or this audition or whatever. However, you're having a bit of a crisis of confidence. So could you, one, recycle some rep that you already know to choose an aria to learn that perhaps is less uh, technically demanding of you. Three, if you're really even not feeling up to auditioning at all, is there any way that they might be able to postpone or give you two weeks extension so that you can come when you're feeling better and a bit more fresh? But I really think it's important to consider that if you keep giving yourself these extremely high, hard-hitting goals while you're having a crisis of confidence, you're far more likely to make yourself feel worse mm. because you're just pushing yourself, you're pushing yourself to do things that would be hard to achieve when you were in full flight. But mm -hmm. right now you're probably working at uh, maybe 50% capacity. So, so how can you possibly expect the same of yourself? And if you push yourself towards that, it's far more likely you won't succeed. And in not succeeding, you further infuse that long-term crisis of confidence. So it just becomes somewhat of a vicious cycle. So in order to try and avoid the cycle, in order to try and break the cycle, yeah, for me, that, that first go-to point is baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you probably know the repertoire really well. This is, this is assuming, I don't know, you're panicking for a concert coming up, let's say. You have a half an hour recital. I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> And you're the thinking, classic. yeah, the classic half hour, you know, <laughs> Sunday afternoon minutes. slot. Yeah. <laughs> the old 30 minute shared recital, eh? <laughs> or being there. <laughs> yeah, you probably, you probably know that repertoire well. And you're probably over practicing and getting yourself into a bit of a state for you know for many reasons so i, I know some uh, personal experience shining through. oh yeah <laughs> so you know the best thing that i've ever done has been to spend one day two day even three days if i need to not practicing any of that repertoire just yeah. doing a really nice gentle warm-up just keeping myself fresh, just like practicing that golden fifth. We love that golden fifth in my voice. And just feeling like, yeah, I sound really nice today. I'm just going to stop there, though, because... <laughs> I'm a great singer from a D to an A. <laughs> Come at me, no rolls. <laughs> oh, no, not even that. Yeah, exactly. 
I really agree with you in terms of taking yourself out of that situation sometimes just in order to give yourself a bit of clarity actually personally I was having a bit of a crisis of confidence myself last week and um something that was actually really helpful for me was to go and see a show and to go and just completely you know okay take a break from my repertoire and my practicing and just go and see some other singers and kind of just remind myself why I am here Mm -hmm. and why I am doing it and you know just you get swept up in the orchestra and the really good singing and the production and you're like that's it that's the that's the big big end goal one day you want to be that person dancing naked on stage that's your goal yeah yeah seven (laughs) veils baby but um yeah just like sometimes just stopping actually and and giving your brain something else to do and think about can be really good in order to offer a little bit of clarity but I think yeah we're both just trying to say here if you are having these difficult feelings it's not I would say best practice to just be pushing yourself to to keep going and doing all the things that you think you should be doing at that time um I think we are both victims of that uh, mindset and we've both fallen short as a mm. result mm-hmm. at times <laughs> and also something just to pick up on in, in the short term uh crisis mm. of confidence that we mentioned you know this noticing like in in a long-term sense as well just notice like okay i'm getting into this spiral i've been here before yeah let's pause and let's take a step back and you know your you know your body and your voice best and your mind best so if you can you know take the moment to recognize what's going on then you can stop it right there in its tracks you know that's eminently possible ah! i'm changing And moving on from that, the next point, go with what you know. You have your understanding of your technique and where your voice sits, what you're good at, what you're not so good at, what you really enjoy doing, what you know that you still need to work at. Um, You know, there are lots of good things about your voice and you somehow need to ignore all of those things thoughts those negative thoughts that your head is telling you all the time you know oh you're not tilting properly your high notes are terrible it's like yeah but I'm really good at coloratura so f off you know you know yourself you know what you're good at so like own what you're good at and trust that okay I'm not enjoying singing this rep at the moment because there are some issues so I'm gonna go to what I really know that I can nail and that's this repertoire and I really enjoy seeing that and I trust that my technique will carry me through for that repertoire yeah I couldn't agree more and crises of confidence are so difficult particularly I think as singers because our emotions and how we feel and actually our physical production of the voice are in some way interlinked so to try and turn off your feelings which are like you're you're terrible what's going on and just only think about the physiology of of how to sing is is really tough but it is a necessity I think to help you kind of get through that longer term crisis of confidence you need to double down on your technique and the things that you know what has your teacher taught you at you know let's say you're struggling with the upper passaggio what are your three technical things that you do in order to kind of facilitate that and ease that you're getting really angry at yourself because you can't sing a top B flat, but it's 8.45 in the morning. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Have you have you thought about... 
<laughs> she's a morning person poor neighbors as well <laughs> yeah it's like have you thought about the logistics of what you're trying to do at this point like why are you beating yourself up for something that is a little bit ridiculous but you thought you'd come in and practice at eight because you wanted to get a head start on everyone else because so you need to get better and you need to be better now yeah you do great. it's a, it's a really good <laughs> mental state to be in but just yeah like you say doubling down very much on your technique on the things that you know you know, going back to your teacher, if you're struggling with something, if you're struggling with repertoire, your teacher should be the first person you go to and you kind of say, I'm, I'm really kind of struggling. Get that person to line out those main technical points for you. Follow them, trust them, trust your body, trust yourself. And I think as well, obviously when you are feeling underconfident, actually trusting yourself can be really hard because mm. part of it is that you don't trust yourself. But really, really trying to stay in the physical body with this singing. So almost kind of, you know, treating the pieces that you're working on very much as these vocal exercises. How can I maintain really good physical technique while singing X, Y, Z? And again, as we kind of mentioned before, in terms of baby steps, if something is proving too difficult, do not hack away at it. Do not do that. Uh Uh-uh. That's a big no-no from me. Mm. It's a big no-no from the world. Um, you know, just think about it sensibly, right? If it's not working, then it's not working. You need to go away. You need to have a think about it and you need to come back at it another day when you're feeling a bit more fresh and ready to approach it a second time round. Yeah, you know, trust the repertoire that you're good at. Trust the repertoire you enjoy. And something that has happened to all of us probably is that obviously lots of coaches and teachers or whatever, they want to give us advice because they think, oh, this is best for you. And occasionally that advice might just not work, which is fair enough. Um, So, you know, for example, say you have an audition coming up in three weeks or something and and a coach says, oh, you should you should really try singing this role for that audition. And you think, "Okay, well, I've got three weeks. uh, Go on, I'll give it a shot. If after the first week you're not comfortable singing that, and it's not for you because you need more time or whatever, or you just don't like the role, just be like, no, I trust, I know what I'm good at. Uh, I'm going to trust my gut instinct here. And I'm just going to say thank you for the advice. But this time it's just too soon. So no. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent right. Like, I think it takes time to know yourself that well as a musician. But once you do, and it is just a simple case of, of knowing yourself. Like if somebody suggests a new aria with three weeks to go, you should know roughly how long it takes you to learn and assimilate rep. You also, I would say, if somebody was to say to me, you should learn this aria for this audition, I would say, I will talk to you about that once I've looked at the score. Mm. Because I, I could not tell you either way until I've physically seen what is being expected of me on on the sheet of paper but as you say if in a week's time it's not working and you're stressing out well don't bloody do it if you're if you're feeling unsure of yourself already and now you're throwing in an aria that you're also doubly unsure of how is that going to be a successful audition experience for Mm. you yeah go with what you know go with repertoire that you're strong at go with things that show you at your best go with things that allow you to sing with solid healthy good technique but yeah Mm -hmm. just I think it can be tricky in this industry as well because people offer advice and it's absolutely right that they offer advice. Advice should be given. But I think it's also important for us as the people receiving that advice to consider it all within the context of everything that we know about ourselves. So yes, you can suggest me 
X number of arias and yes, I will in my own time look at them, but I might turn around and tell you this just isn't going to work for me or this just isn't the right role for me. And, mm. and you know, yes, you can give me this aria and say, yeah, I need you to sing it for me next week and I'll tell you, I can't do that. I don't have yeah. the time. I literally don't have the physical time to get it into my body. That's that's how it is. But yeah, it, it's um, it can be tough, like, as you say, where we've all been in that position where you're suggested arias that you don't yet know and actually yeah. don't have time to to get them ready it's uh really really tricky actually that it's that feeling like oh i'm letting them down by not doing it it's like no you're yeah. not the only person you let down is yourself haha <laughs> also they probably don't even remember that they recommended they don't R&D. even know who you are what's your name yeah again they'll have seen like 45 people that day you're like number 43 he suggested i don't know the immolation scene you give it a go <laughs> you're a cancer <laughs> <Everything. tenor. laughs> Everything turns out terribly. Are you really going to take that to an audition? <laughs> I mean, you should. <laughs> but you also shouldn't. <laughs> this is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. Once again, this is a call for Alex Simpson, two wigs and makeup. Alrighty, moving on from go with what you know. Something that we mentioned before in terms of uh, the portfolio career, actually, and uh, in terms of measuring kind of opportunities and choices as artists um was having a team of people surrounding you that you feel know you really well uh both i think as a person but also in terms of your creative career your career as an artist because these are the people when you have a crisis of confidence that you should be talking to these are the people that hopefully you feel able to be open and honest with and say you know hey guys this happened to me last week. It's really kind of knocked me. I'm really feeling quite unsure about uh, this and this, and I'm, I'm not quite confident enough or as confident as I want to be for, for these classes or this audition or this production. And, you know, if you've got the right people surrounding you, fingers crossed, you should get some good reassurance, some good advice, some good ideas. I think these people are incredibly important. Again, I mentioned that I'd kind of had this crisis of confidence last week and I think something that I felt a bit funny about was obviously because I'm I'm out here in Switzerland and the people surrounding me are, are all still relatively new. I didn't mm. really feel able to open up to them and be like, hey, I'm not feeling so sure of everything at the moment for a number of reasons, partly because you don't really, you know, you don't know these people well enough yet to kind of offer that quite personal information and so it is a case of kind of going back to the people that you know and the people that you care about and and trying to just extrapolate as much good advice as you can from various different sources and you know I, I do believe that those people are able to kind of help you and support you they might not make you feel better immediately but they might give you a drop or two of advice that kind of simmers away and then you start to feel better day by day by day but um, these are the people that you need around you because, like we've said a couple of times on this episode, nobody can escape a crisis of confidence. No mm-hmm. artist. It mm. happens to everybody in all creative industries. And in those times, it's about talking to the people that know you best and you know asking them for guidance and help and support when when you need it. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's a. It's like a comforting blanket, isn't it, that you need sometimes. You don't necessarily need 
like answers. How do I fix this? Arr. You just need someone that you actually trust to be like, you know, you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, it's not the end of the world. And yeah. if it's someone you trust, then hopefully you will, you will, you may not take it on board in the moment because you'll be furious. Uh, but as you said, it'll percolate. Whereas I've often seen particular conservatoire actually you know people people in a, a bit of a tears in a frenzy to be honest and and everyone around them is sort of trying to like oh smoochy pooch you'll be fine blah, 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 blah. it's like i can see that that's really not helping and it's actually quite yeah. annoying for them and they just need they just need the one person or two people that yeah. they, they actually like think their opinion is worth something uh whereas you know an acquaintance can give advice but it's not the same is it no it's really not and um when you're with new people you know what you want to hear like you know the guidance that you want somebody to say and you're just waiting for someone to say it and then nobody says it and Mm. you're like (sighs) but you know that's that's okay but it's like I in an ideal world you have your people who you know when you eventually get to speak to them they'll kind of say the things that you need them to say in order to help you um but yeah like I definitely think for young artists it's about finding those people for you across the course of your career it might they don't all have to be musicians they don't all have to be in the creative industry but it's people that you know understand you and understand what you do and and if you feel confident in talking to them about decisions you have to make or times where you don't feel so good then that's that's a perfect sounding board to me Mm -hmm. all cast all cast this is your five minute call repeat all cast all cast this is your five minute call And finally, let's try and end on a positive. Let's know that, you know, eventually this however long crisis of confidence will pass. You know, it might be a decade, might be the whole of your life, (laughs) but it will pass, you know, like when you you die, (laughs) you know, all feelings and emotions, anger passes, uh, tiredness passes, Uh, you know. always tired permanently you know tired. you you feel in the moment god this is this is the end but trying to not not put an end date on something but just realize like okay probably in a month's time well or maybe even sooner in a week's time i'll feel better and mm-hmm. just that very thought can get you out of the bottom of the pit Because you know, okay, there is a light there. Like, there has to be, because I can't stay like this forever. Something will change. Knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel really helps. And it's, you know, it's a positive thing to aim for rather than, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to stop you wallowing in your pit of despair and, I don't know, whatever it is at the bottom of that hole. It's horrible. So sad. Yeah, like, feelings and emotions change all the time. And um, if you're able to kind of consider some of the advice that we've offered... Or do you think all of these things are quite helpful in terms of giving you a little nudge in the right direction in order to kind of regaining some confidence and regaining a sense of inner strength? Um, But yeah, you know, you're exactly right, Alex. No emotion lasts. It's such a fluid thing. One minute you're happy, the next minute you're sad. The next minute you're scared, the next minute you're angry, whatever. Um, And so, yes, okay, you might be feeling underconfident, but that's not going to be a permanent feeling. And I think actually one of the things that can make a crisis of confidence worse is the, the worry. 
that it will mm-hmm. last forever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're able to kind of understand that all these things are transient and they will change and they will develop. And who knows, it might even be a day where you completely don't expect it. And it just turns out that you're feeling kind of back on your game and, and things are kind of, you know, everything's coming up Helen and love and life. And um, you kind of turn around to yourself and you're like, all oh, right, I'm kind of getting my mojo back here. That's, that's great. But the difficult times, the periods of crisis, they're not permanent, you know. Mm. And, and hopefully, in knowing that, it can help make the periods of crisis feel a little bit less terrifying. And also, also, you know, I've said this so many times, sorry, I'm like a broken record, but like noticing, yeah, okay, I'm Jesus. in one of these, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm in one of these ruts. So yeah. am I gonna, am I gonna let myself go further down that pit? Um, or am I gonna try and, you know, not fight it, but let myself out of it? So am I gonna think, oh, I'm gonna... I'm I'm scared about singing badly tomorrow, so I'm going to mm. give myself like a physical excuse. So I'm going to get, I'm going to be really hungover when I sing tomorrow, yeah. and then I can be like, oh, sorry, it's because of that. That's why I'm not sounding very good. When actually yeah. you're masking the real reason, and all you're doing is perpetuating that lovely vicious circle there. Whereas yeah. you know, don't fight it. Don't don't try and make excuses for it. Just be like, we all go through these crises. Crises. Yeah. Um, so you know just be like okay I'm in one now so yeah. I'm not going to fight it but I'm going to like just go through my little checklist and and try and work my way through it and out of it yeah and take care of yourself when you're in the crisis period you know do nice things for yourself nice food nice drink whatever you need a nice bath a good book uh, a good walk whatever stuff that kind of feeds your sense of self alongside the music that you make too I think that can be incredibly helpful if you're feeling a bit unsure of kind of which way is up Alrighty, well that's a little episode that we've done there on crises of confidence we hope that you've uh heard some helpful advice some good ideas as to how to potentially handle crises of confidence both in the in the moment of performance but also in terms of a slightly longer term context um we'd really love to hear from you if you have any thoughts on this kind of topic if you have just come out of a crisis of confidence if you're currently in one if you've been in one before and you have some hints and tips as to how to deal with it that we would like to know so yeah please get in touch with us how can they do that alex uh, in essay format via email, which is uh, <laughs> where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. And we also have a contact form on our website, which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. We're also on social media. Catch us on Instagram at Dressing Room Pod. Catch us on Twitter at Dressing Room PO1. And catch us on Facebook forward slash Dressing Room Pod. We love to hear from you guys. So we really keep- do the contact are coming don't forget if you want to subscribe so you can catch up on any new episode you just get a little notification on your phone blam where's my freaking dressing room job done um don't forget to leave us a review because more people need to know about how great this podcast is Mm -hmm. we need Mm -hmm. to help more young musicians just embrace their greatest selves so spread that word leave us a lovely little five-star review we know you want to But for now, we're going to love you and leave you. And we'll see you next time on The Dressing Room Pod. Goodbye.